This is Michael Dooney, and you're listening to my favorite comic book podcast, 11 O'Clock Comics. Special things going on this episode. I know we say this all the time, but it seems like about 7,000 years since the last one. I will say this, and I say this with like absolute love and admiration for you clowns. There are a few things in life that I do as repeatedly as I do this, where 99.9% of the time when it's time to do this, I look forward to it and not yeah. feel like it's an obligation. Me too. Me too. I could be totally pissed. And be like, oh, God, these fuckers are pissing me off. And then Dap will say, what's up? And I'll be like, aw, he's here. <laughs> no, for sure. I mean, there there are days where I'm, you know, because of the day job, I'm just like salty as fuck. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be like 7 o'clock and I'll think, oh, God, I, I can't. I don't, I don't understand it. I have not been and, able to put it into words. Yeah, and then it's like, and then it'll be like 8.30 and I'll be like, oh, shit, about to talk to my boys. <laughs> About yeah, to get this, about to get a cocktail here. You get optimistic. Comics. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're it's, like, oh, this is good. It's like just, we may be we may be having uh, World War Three, but I'm not going to worry about it tonight. That's it's good. a strange hours where I'm just going to block it. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I I could be I could be getting aggravated about something. Something could be annoying me, and yeah, Renee knows that. Listen, she's like, you go upstairs for a few hours, you can forget about everything, you can talk to your boys, everything's going to be nice. Great. So for sure. And, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely flagellate myself like a, like a uh, you know evangelical Christian on the rare occasion where I, after I'm like, ah, oh, that wasn't a good show. I didn't, I didn't have my, I wasn't ready for that. Really- yeah, but you know what? Um, being on this end for this for eight hundred and what or seven hundred and whatever episodes, you have never had a bad show. Oh, that's ridiculous, but it's not ridiculous. It's the damn truth. But yeah. there are times when I'm like, ah, oh, we, you know, it's, it's, it, most of the time, like I'm much, I'm super self-critical. But you know, listen, there are times when we're all the next day, like eh, that wasn't know. our finest hour. Yeah, like, and again, fortunately, I don't. That doesn't happen often. But there are times <laughs> when we're like, eh, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta come up with a theme for next week. Yeah, let's bring it next we, week. But we what's to say? Um, <laughs> Uh, not to be a wet blanket on this week, but hey, everybody, you are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 786. I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Are you sure that you're David A. Price? Uh, Our guest said my name, so yes, I am absolutely positive. All right, well, how are you now? I am Jared Kiso. Thank you. I just, dude, I I, I, fin- I I binged the last few episodes of the latest season, so I finished it last night. What did you think? I, it, it definitely had, I mean, I because I binged it earlier, or last year during the pandemic, and, and I just, I went through it all, and I laughed my ass off, and it was fantastic. There were, and it was only like six episodes, but it was, yeah. uh, and I don't know if they all are, it just it went by in a blur, but there were, um, there were, there were some moments where it was a little bit of a whiff, but overall, um, it was good to see everybody back. It yeah. was um, there were just I, you know, seeing seeing the Mennonites and and it, it was Dick Mead and, and the whole thing with the, mm. the, the, the I yes I laughed a lot during these few episodes. Um, so, I don't so, know if I'm going to watch Shorzy though. 
I was going to say, uh, there, there's uh, every season has been six or seven episodes because they, okay. they, they, you know, they for a lot of the seasons they did the special, you know, which is sort of like kind yes. of like the Downton Abbey thing. It was like yes, yeah. it was in continuity, but it was its own thing. Uh, and then the last uh, seasons eight and nine were seven e- episodes each, and then obviously season ten, like you said, was six. Um, I, I asked you because I, I personally I think seasons nine and ten are the weakest of the seasons. I, I, I think the last two seasons have been felt a little like not repetitive, but a little bit like no, I guess repetitive. Like they're 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 more about highlight reels of the jokes they've already established than yeah. taking it into a new direction. And, and, and I, wait wait wait, what are you talking about? Oh, sorry, Letter Kenny. We're, we're talking about Letter Kenny. I was Jared. Jer- Is that comics? Is that comics? No. We're doing the intro, dude. Fun. No, we are doing the intro. And, and you know what? This <laughs> this show is sponsored by somebody who actually sells comics, oh, right? Lord, this, I mean, they, did they, they deliver them, though? <laughs> <laughs> You're an asshole. I have to leave that in because it was just too good to take it out. This episode has been sponsored. I'm going to throw up by Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Get your books. Get them fast. Get them delivered straight to your door uh, for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. The list of specials is not up yet, but rest assured, when they are up, mm -hmm, uh, they will be both uh, plentiful and deep. So please go over uh, to DCBService.com. Take a look around at all of the savings you missed last month. Massive savings on on everything, really. Um, They are the best discount comic book service, DCBService.com. Indeed. Yeah. uh, Well, it's back to Jared Kiso is the writer and creator of Letter Kenny. He is the main character, Wayne, and he's a a backup character named Shorzy who is getting a spinoff show. And uh, the 10th. And I hope not final. I don't think it's the final, but the tenth season just aired, and uh, that's what Dab and I were talking about. Okay, cool. I do. Yeah, I, I think I, what I really enjoyed about the early seasons was um, was the rapid fire delivery, obviously, in the wordplay, but but just how every every episode could kind of just be its thing. You knew what the characters were doing, and they there was some growth, but. Every episode kind of stood on its own. The last couple of seasons, there was like an overarching story. Yeah, agreed. Throughout the mm-hmm. And that, it, it, yep. it's 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 fine, but it's not. It's it's kind of not what I signed up for, and it's it does yeah. lose a little bit of that special magic. I, that's what the listeners are thinking right now, too. That right? I bet not oh, what I. What? Now they're going to go watch Letterkenny, and they're going <laughs> to think about it for sure. All right, here's here's what we're going to do. I am drinking in honor of our guest and Dap. I wanted to show my brother Dap. A little bit of love because he he enjoys when we bring alcohol to the table, and I have started a little early. Um, this I don't know, Dap. Have you ever had this? It's uh, called the Path. Have it you ever? Sounds familiar. I mean, I I'm sure I've seen it. It's a 2019 Cabernet Sauvignon from California, and it is. Uh, it is vented and bottled by the Path Winery in Napa Valley. It's okay. it's good. It didn't break the bank. It has a very um, arresting label. There is it's black and white, and it's literally a path doing a, a serpentine, uh, you know, pattern into the distance. But it's good. 
it, nice. I like it. It was maybe 12, I, 12 bucks. Oh, there you go. Yeah. In honor of our special guest, I too am drinking one. Oh, wow. I love you so much. Yep. And not only that, but because I so in I so rarely drink the Alki Halls now, I have uh, I've kind of moved from trade paperbacks to hardcovers. As well, you so, should. Yeah. So 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 I am drinking uh, Austin Hope Cabernet Sauvignon, nice 2017, and uh, it was a 95 pointer on One Enthusiast, and uh, it's. It's a little pricey. It was uh, 55 bucks, I think. Oh, shit, that's a case of the stuff I drink. It is. But I will tell you, though, because, you know, I mean, I am, like, legit, I drink probably two alcoholic beverages every week or two, tops, like, a couple of months, maybe. So I'm like, you know, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's make it special. And this is special. It really is. And I will just read you the, the description from Matt Ketman, who's a sommelier that does uh, reviews. Okay. Aromas of black cherry, hickory smoke, and vanilla cookie lead into a palette of brown sugar, sea salt, caramel, and black cherry foam, all framed by polished tannins and just the right amount of acidity. Mm, I love the vanilla cookie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. So yeah. so it's it's an incredibly good wine. It's the kind of wine I think I'm going to get another bottle, and I think when you uh, Simoleons come to Casa Wood in June for Heroes, June, yeah. yeah. Why can't we do it before that? Well, uh, okay, uh, I'm saying bring it to my place. Yeah. For sure, you'll be here in June. Yes, yes, yes. that's true. And true. I was picturing popping this bottle and us three drinking it while we do the episode on one time. I'm down with it. Down with Absolutely. it. That's probably the only chance of me ever drinking a $55 bottle of wine. Right. <laughs> it's true. Oh, well, no, 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 no. Unless you get to sit next to me who's sitting next to Paul Pope and he bought, he orders a bottle. Oh, uh, sure. Sorry. Yeah, but he, he didn't pay for that bottle. Felix I paid for that bottle. I think he did. No. I don't, I, I don't know if he... No, Felix paid for uh, that bottle. I, well, no, no, I, I think Felix paid for the whole thing, just yeah. for the record. But. Okay. Yeah, right. I'm pretty sure. That's why he ordered that bottle of wine. Because he's I, Paul Pope, <laughs> who doesn't follow up on his interview <laughs> right. request. But whatever. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since we're being salty this episode, what right. the hell? Why not, right? right? Okay. All right, everybody. Um, wait, uh, Dap, what are you drinking? I went... Um... After we, after Onyx and I went to the comic shop tonight, I came home and my wife tried to call me before I was walking through the door because she's like, I, she's out of rosé. So I turned around and I went to the liquor store and uh, got her her wine and I grabbed me a couple of bottles and I am drinking one of them right now. And that is uh, the unrated that I had a couple weeks ago, the unrated cab from Chile, 14 point something percent alcohol by volume it is from 2018 like i said it's from chile and it is hella good one of my favorite cabs so this is interesting i think i'm 47 i don't think i've ever had rosé wine in my entire life same i was just gonna say that yeah yeah it seems like i don't want to be a jerk it seems like a lady thing it, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's like White Zinfandel. It's, yeah, it, it is, it's usually what, um, I mean, it's, it's a very, it's a warm weather mm. wine because you, mm-hmm. you, you drink it chilled, 
she um because she'll she'll occasionally have a pinot grigio or a chardonnay or something and and that's fine See, she, so likes she, she likes pinot the too and, she yeah. likes the white wines huh she, she is all right yeah. with the white i guess that's a given but yeah, it's funny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, white gives me a headache, and that's fine. So if anybody gives us a white, that's it a goes given to too. her. Yeah. yeah. So it's. Um, but yeah. So I. It's yeah. The, the, she just. It's 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 a wine that can be chilled. It it is. It's it's very light. It's just it it's it's easier for her. It's easier on her stomach than it is the reds. The reds can kind of uh, nice. can can pack a wallop. All right. Sure. Let's cut to the chase. Yep. We have a guest this episode. Very special guest. Super special guest who has created uh, in tandem with a, a, a number of people. You'll hear all about those uh, people. But he has created a book which hit me in the back of the head like a two by four. Visually, it is unlike anything you're going to see. I'm confident in saying that. I think he... Uh, we, we we said that the book is like a series of boss battles. Uh, he has definitely just to keep it in the 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 parlance of of video games. He is definitely leveled up with this book, and he was magnificent before this book. But I think this 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 book is very very special. I you guys agree, right? Um, oh, it's a, it's a fan, yeah, it was a fantastic first issue. Yeah. So here we go. Um, mostly Jason's talk with. <laughs> Oh, that's hurtful. It's not. Dude, it's, I'm not being hurtful. I, I love the fact that you enjoyed yourself. Just stop. Our talk with Nick Dragota. And we'll be back to tell you other stuff. But listen to this entire interview. And then if you feel like sticking around, we'd love to have you listen to us talk. But make sure you listen to this interview because it's wonderful. Come back after the order goes, Cage. Oh, if you didn't order it, you're just like, something wrong with you. True that. Well, you go to your store in two weeks and get it. Yeah. Or Comixology in two weeks and buy it. No, don't buy it digital. Get it physical. No, I'm saying if you're, well, some people, dude, some people just don't get physical comics anymore. They're weird. But when they hear Nick explain why they yes. read See? the physical. I know, I, but there are I people know, that are going to be like, listen, oh, I, I'm not going to, all right, um, well, if it has to yeah. be read physically, I don't want to get it then. And. No, then re- read it however you can read it, but the preference would be. Yes. Physical. And we're going to have a new contest here on 11 O'Clock oh. Comics. Um, everyone who pinpoints the exact second that David Zipper comes down, <laughs> send us the timestamp, and we're going to put you all in a hat, and you're going to win something. Somebody's going to win you're something. You're all going to win something. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the interview. All right, everybody, as promised, we have a special guest tonight. Uh, he's making his triumphant return to the show after four long years, and he's someone you all know well. He's the co-creator alongside Jonathan Hickman of one of my favorite and, dare I say, greatest comics of the last decade, East of West. And he's one of the most dynamic, distinctive artists in the biz. And I should also mention a premier member of Team Felix Comic Art. Shout out to Felix. He's here to catch up tonight, though, with us and regale us, most importantly, in the glory of his new creator-owned comic, Ghost Cage. Everyone, please welcome back to the show our friend, Nick Dragata. Hey, Jason, David, Vince, thanks Hello for having Hello there. Me. Anytime. What's up, man? Yeah, welcome back. It's been thanks. a minute. Yeah, it has been four years. It mm-hmm. seems longer, actually. But... Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? I think it is longer. I think it was, uh, it was like May of, of seventeen. Oh, so it's almost five years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 17. Wow, that's crazy. It seems like it yeah. was just yesterday. 
Well, we've se- we, and we've seen you since then. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I mean, I, I am missing shows. Do you guys miss shows? Yeah, we some yeah. shows. Yeah, yeah, some shows. Yeah, some shows. Yeah, I yeah. started doing them. Yeah, we we went and we we did New York because that's our home show. Um, we did Seattle for the first and maybe only time. Yep, yep. We did Emerald City because it was that bad. Well, <laughs> oh no, no, no. I mean, I, the, the the show itself, I don't think was bad. It's just that. Because of when it happens every year, it's impossible for us to get away. So right. uh, we just we took advantage because we had the opportunity to to do that. Yeah, yeah it's a good show. I like it. I yeah, for sure. it. So. Um, but yeah, but it seems like uh, the con scene is starting to normalize. I had uh, we never go to MegaCon, but I had a, a mutual friend reach out to us randomly today and say, "Hey, have you seen the the Artist Alley list for MegaCon? It's incredible." And then. I know HeroesCon starting to populate its list, and it's looking like a, a pretty solid traditional HeroesCon after not that show not existing for two years. So, you know, I'm hopeful that uh, we'll start to feel a semblance of uh, community again this year. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Are you going to do a show? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I told Felix put out, like, who's interested in what in New York. So I'm on the East Coast now, mm-hmm. so... It's easier for me to probably pop in and do some of these shows, but uh, I'm down. Just to, you know, as long as we keep this thing under wraps. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, it'd be nice to get out and see people and <laughs> socialize, interact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I had a question in regard to Ghost Cage. Um, sure. Have it, you guys all read it? Uh, yes. yes. Yes, we were all the, oh, fortunately yeah, yeah. provided with the copy of the first issue uh, by Image. So yes, we're all we're all squared up on that. All right, cool. I want yeah. honest opinions. I don't okay, want not a problem. Um, well, I'll be brutally honest. Karloff is an asshole, but um, <laughs> in in regard to the book specifically, is it a pandemic book? Uh, no, it was actually born out of the fact. So I was living in the Bay Area when this was cooked up, and then we. We, I actually drew the first 20 pages, or no, when you see Sam, the first, like, fifth, fifth, 12 to 15, I think, um, living in the Bay Area, and I, we really wanted, we had two kids, we have two kids, I'm married, and we just, it was time to buy a home, and we were paying, our rent there was, like, equal to a mortgage in other parts of the country, mm-hmm. right. and uh, it, was, it, it was born out of high rents. And Caleb was living in the Bay Area also when we would hang out and just shoot the shit, talk comics, toys, sports, whatever. Um, this was pre-pandemic. And um, and we were just like, God, the rents here are insane. I mean, they were like – and home prices were even worse. It was – you know, you could get a 1,000-square-foot home built in the 50s, nothing updated, going for like a million cash. <laughs> like so you, crazy, man. <laughs> you couldn't even – I mean, you can't even compete. It was just insane. So you would see a house you'd like, you were going to be mortgage poor, and then someone would come in and drop a hundred thousand cash on top. Like it was just unreal. So it was born out of that, really. Like, but that—that's a, a whole nother set of anxiety that I think a lot of people feel now too. You know, like it's just like, what's well, the future? Am I owning anything? And. Um, I think it speaks to a lot of, I mean, I know I was feeling that, you know, throw the pandemic on top of that, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's, 
not a good place to be. It's weird. But a lot of people mention that. They feel like there's like an anxiety in the book. I wish you took the word right out of my mouth. There's an undercurrent of anxiety throughout the whole thing from my perception of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe it's just because we deal, you know, the theme is energy um, and Sam, the future of energy. And I think that's like, you know, we're seeing how much that affects the world, not only in just like climate change and things like that, but also war in Ukraine and how things mm. could be differently if we weren't so dependent on oil. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing about this book, right, is, is obviously you, you conceived it, created it, and then it's going to be released uh, this month, March 23rd, is the uh, first issue's drop date. But, but like, you obviously had no idea that we'd be back to $100 oil when when you made this book. In fact, I, you know, three, four years ago, oil was, was actually almost worthless in, in the futures world for a, a couple weeks. And now it's back over 100 And it's like, you know, it's just, it feels well-timed. It feels like, how, how did you see this coming? But but obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, just, I guess, a little serendipity there in terms of, uh, of that and how they could have planned for it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think just everything since i mean for me i don't want to get into politics but probably just since the trump years you know there's been a certain anxiety of like where is our country headed and then you know i two kids so it's constantly you know i I do think like what are we turning over to our children you know or right especially just in terms of our leadership like is anyone happy with either side or it's just like where the hell are we going? You know, there's no consistency and there's so much bullshit in the air. Um, but like, I, I think, so yeah, that's probably where just that general kind of feeling comes from in the book. And, um, you know, East to West wasn't really much of a chipper. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know that Jonathan has chipper in him, does he? I, True. Like, oh. Yeah, he's a jolly guy. No, I mean, as a storyteller, okay. I just haven't seen that in a story yet. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been. Um, I read a few of the X Men. I haven't followed all of it, so I haven't been really following it. So I don't really know. But um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, you read. I mean, unless this has changed, I feel like the last time we saw each other in person, you were. I know you were super duper into manga. Is that is that still your your? Yeah, that's pretty much. But it's like it's weird. I really go in and out of comics. Like I, I don't. I'll go. I'll have phases where I don't even read them. You know, it's just, and it's kind of like a time thing. I mean, I, I'd love to just have the time to lounge around and read a book, and uh, especially like you know, manga too. It just goes on and on and on. You can really absorb yourself in it. Um, but it's mostly due to time. But yeah, mostly manga, and I think that's. Uh, I think that's what I've been thinking about too. What this book was like, it really is a merging of like all my influences because I was heavily influenced in, in Marvel comics and. You know, I went, obviously, as a teenager, fell in love with comic books because of the Image guys when they were at Marvel and then when they went to Image. And then, you know, I I don't know if you guys remember at the time, all they did was preach, you know, and Frank Miller was doing Sin City and you had the the legendary guys come doing their thing. And they all, everyone from Image to Legendary, all these art kings were like, Jack Kirby, Jack Kirby. So then I went, you know, you go back and discover Jack Kirby. Then I get to art school, discover Alex Toth, um... You know, and then my I reached, did some work at Marvel, and was kind of getting bored, and and then discovered manga, and I feel like it kind of reinvigorated my work. Um, so it's kind of like influences from all over, I think, and this is kind of a culmination of all that. I would say that the book for me visually 
the first issue definitely felt like I could I could really feel your 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 manga influences in the sense that you know you had the 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 black and white and then the screen tones were so heavy and it just I I love the visual aesthetic and it just it very much felt like I was reading like a tankuban like yeah. of a you know of a of a great manga so the pacing too cool. is is akin to manga too mm-hmm. and I, I'm yeah well I'm, I think uh, it's I mean that's something I I try my best to do and I don't know if I always pull it off but like all good manga it's like it's never overwritten you know it's like a one to two word balloons a panel like you know three sentences at most four maybe and you really just want to hit beats um and in american comics you you have a writer that's dictating the pace and you're basically you know a lot of times you're designing around word balloons so you're not really given that opportunity to really hit a beat or you can try to but you have to fit a lot of information in so um you know it's it's that's one of the nice things and then having 44 pages really allows us to kind of breathe a little bit but <laughs> that said i set out to do that i'm not 100 percent. i succeeded and then i still ended up drawing like eight panel pages every page so it's just like i don't know um there's yeah, a couple I will say guys i want to say this you guys read it digitally i think in print is the way to read this book oh, yeah. it's heavy it it's pure bitmap files it's not grayscale 600 dpi bitmap so it's just really going to be nice crisp clean black and white and i'm excited to see mm. it in print i haven't seen it yet um but you know i don't think you guys are getting the full scope of the double page spreads and stuff and i i really wanted to go after depth and space and the computer does not translate tones well. You know, you'll get that moray pattern. Right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I zoomed in real close, and I, I could swear. I'm like, oh, he, this is not grayscale. You could tell that it's oh, yeah. it's, it's either black or it's not. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. It's all about, and, it's, and I'm, I'm excited to get my comps. I haven't gotten them yet. It, well, I sure. think it looks amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, thank you. Sure. Cool. So, so it's it's as you mentioned, it's forty four pages. It's it's uh, we'll all f- it's a three issue series. Will each each issue be roughly forty four pages? Yeah, each issue is forty four. So the idea was, <laughs> you know, Caleb was like, "Oh, let's do a twelve issue series," and then I was like, "Dude, there's no way." Like, I just I don't I don't want to commit. I didn't want to commit to something long term after East or West. Um, and I was like, "What's the quickest way we can get the trade?" Um, and I just was thinking, like, it might be cool to make this be as cost effective as possible because, you know, I don't know if it's going to sell. I didn't know, can I carry a book with just me and Caleb? Um, and so the idea was to, like, go black and white, have costs be low so we are, we make some money doing it. Um, but yeah, 44 pages and then, you know, times three, what is that? 140 something. I can't, my math is terrible. Anyway, that would three issues at 44 pages gets us to a trade. So trade it by, I think the trade comes out in, uh, July, June or July. So, um, that's the idea. Like, you know, get a property and if it does well like we'll definitely go back and revisit this and keep it going because it's a cool world uh, you know Mm -hmm. yeah definitely oh for sure now i i i wish selfishly i was hoping you were gonna (laughs) go for the european bond dna model where they sometimes do oversized serial issues but then it's always collected in a beautiful often oversized um 
you know, hardcover. Uh, but I know the American market isn't as forgiving about yeah, that kind of thing. Funny. So. It's funny you pick, that, pick up on that because originally we were going to do like a black label size for these, like a larger printing or just mm-hmm. a just trim size um but i think just deadlines and costs like i was just like you know let's just put this out as a regular comic and just Mm -hmm. let's get into this um so well maybe if it's a blockbuster hit which i hope it will be you'll you'll come back and do a a, another on issue one i'm happy with it like i i mean for a book the price the price is 5.99 it's black and white but uh, we did, uh, you know, so we did numbers I'm happy with. And it, the book is, you know, again, like I said, it's it's just me and Caleb and David Brothers who edited it um, and Russ Wooten on letters. And Frank came back and helped me. He colored the cover. So, uh, yeah, it's a real slim little team. And it's, uh, yeah, it's rad. So so, so you, you obviously drew the book. You co-created and co-wrote it with Caleb now admittedly you know we we go pretty deep we as, as you know been doing the show a long time uh was passively familiar with Caleb but I don't I don't know that I I'm like super familiar with a lot of his work I, I don't read much of the Turtles books outside of the the main title occasionally I know uh, David and Vince are far more up to speed on the Turtles but but how did you I know you said you just said you hooked up with them sort of as friends in in Cali um how did you decide to do the book with him and, and what was that like in terms of having a, you know, a co-writer, but you, you know, you were obviously the visual voice. It's probably a different process than. Yeah, it was, I definitely, so we, like I said, we were hanging out and just, I think I, I knew East to West was coming to an end. And, um, I believe it probably, I started this when I was like waiting on Jonathan to get me like the final, some of the final scripts. And so I had some time and I just, we started kicking around this idea, but it, it really launched as like a fight comic, like just this, we didn't know what it was, but basically just like a, the, what's that, uh, that movie, the, oh, Jesus where the guy has to climb the up the tower and he's fighting on each floor. Oh, enter the dragon. The raid. The raid. No, yeah. Oh, the sorry. raid. Yeah, that's one. That's that's an all timer. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So we were like, let's do a raid style sci-fi, and that I mean that was basically the premise. And then you know I started drawing these towers, and then me and Caleb, it was like, oh, this will be about like real estate. These real estate moguls want to own the property, and then it just grew out of that. Um, and then Caleb was the one he said, oh man, my, I'm sorry guys, it's so late. Like my, I'm going to have all these brain farts, but, uh, the actor, the, so Karloff is based on, um, Jesus. I don't know how to even describe his movies cause he doesn't really make them out anymore. Um, anyway, this actor and he was like, draw this guy as an old man. And he sent me this picture and he's got like his hairs all blown out. I, I'm totally flaking on his name. Um, anyway, and that became Karloff. And so we kind of had the, we had the boss and, and then for some, it just became like each level became an energy, uh, representative of power source and like, and then kind of words started to just kind of, we played with words and things like that. And it just kind of birthed out of that. Um, and then Caleb, (laughs) I remember being like, all right, Caleb, go, go write a script. And he, he, banged out this massive script. I mean, like a whole six issue arc. And 
um, I was just like, holy shit, like this is a lot here. And it was um, totally different than what the final product ended up being. But I was like, why don't we work like east to west? Like, um, you let's uh, let's just agree on like a loose outline. I'll draw it, and then we come back in and script it. So like Caleb will take first pass at script, and then I come back in and kind of do my thing over top of it and i'll make notes before i send them the pages was what i'm thinking with each scene um and then once we have something presentable then we'll send it to david who gives us like a whole nother filter on it um and it what's cool about the process is like different to me that i haven't done before which is what writers do is like i feel like a problem solver um at the on the final edit of it you know because you can really dictate, change, sculpt a comic any way you want just by having say over those final few words um, and just shuffling or flipping a scene around or even just moving a panel before another panel. You can kind of change the whole direction of something. And that's been a lot of fun. Um, so that's so, so is is David there just to kind of, is, is he, does he throw any, has oh, he offered yeah. any input or is it more just for continuity or making sure? You no, know? no, he, he'll come up with creative stuff or like help us problem solve if we're like, we, we know this isn't working. This is what we're going for. That's um, cool. He, he's an, ins- he, he's an incredible writer. And like Caleb he is, is, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Caleb is like, he comes from the turtles and, um, what's the other video game? Uh, Jesus Christ. I mean, again. <laughs> Welcome to the club. What's new with this? So- Sonic. He wrote Sonic. And then he also, yeah. what I love about Caleb, too, he did um, Task Force Rad Squad with Buster yeah. Moody. I love Buster, Buster stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Caleb's is just one of those do-it-yourselfers. Like, he's making comics, even though he has a full-time job. And I, I love people like that. Like, that's kind of where I came from. It's just like, do it yourself. Like, just do it. You right. want to be in this business, go grab a table in a comic show and start moving your wares, you know, show your stuff. Um, and he's just a creative guy. And like, you just, I can say like, Caleb, make this super verbose and talk in this kind of voice. And he'll just do it over and over until we get it right. And um, yeah. And then you, you add David to that mix who just adds a whole nother level of thinking to it. Um, and just as a really good like tastemaker too, he's like, yeah, maybe pull back on that. That seems repetitive. You kind of went, hit that theme earlier, you know, so it's just really, it's a great team. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, it's been awesome. Um, I've been lucky creatively. I mean, gosh, Jonathan Hickman, I was super spoiled. <laughs> you know, John was like totally different because you just, you, you turn your pages in. I mean, this is how it's different than East to West. John, you just turn your pages in. It's just like, holy shit. I never imagined like this is what this was going to be. And it was awesome and compelling, you know, and now with Ghost Cage, it's all of us just sculpting and crafting to get something interesting and that we like. Right. Um, and in terms of the visuals on um, Ghost Cage, yes, you could see the manga influences in it, uh, obviously, but it, it also feels to me like there's a struggle here that the uh, the manga loving part of your brain is is at war 
with the uh, the American uh, approach because there are pages here that are, to my eyes, look like they were inspired by Steranko. You'll go like 12 panels on one page and then the next page is this wide open, airy vista and it's like it's it's a really neat dichotomy between what's prevalent on this side of the water and what is um uh acceptable on the other side you know what i mean Uh, yeah yeah well i think that's just all in my dna you know i mean i've looked at all that stuff and um yeah and then you just it's just a blender i think my comics are a blender you know because i look at even stuff in europe but like i i dove deep on (laughs) i would more alex toast than steranko um but yeah i I see what you're saying and that i mean that's yeah i'm happy to hear that because i don't want people to just be like oh this is just dragata trying to do a manga no no just a comic you know yeah ultimately it feels like a transmission from another planet uh i i i'm (laughs) i feel very safe in saying that um in this country there's nothing that looks like this at the moment oh cool thank you yeah it's just it's a to my eyes it's it's amazing i mean i i went back and forth over the the damn thing maybe four times <laughs> it's just like i i i'm looking at the 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 composition and the page layout i'm like i hate this guy i love him <laughs> but i this guy I hate him it's so beautiful um Thanks. And, and the dot patterns and the screen tone all of it it's just amazing i wish there was a hundred issues of it yeah that's well, for sure maybe. Yeah, i don't hard. know i mean it's, uh, it uh, yeah I, I think you know that's the goal though too is just maybe can we create something nice and tight, you yeah. know, to where you're sure. like, yeah, it's sure. satisfying. And then I want that on my shelf. Yeah, hit it and quit it. Yep. And yeah. I think, and, and if you have, if you have people coming up to you at a convention saying, you know, I wish we had more or you're going back to that, then at least, you know, you have people ready to, to want more. It's, it, I, it, it, it's like the episode of Seinfeld. You want to leave them wanting more instead of just overstaying your welcome. And yeah, exactly. It, I mean, this first issue alone, I, I can't wait. I, I, it's it's on the pull list at the shop, so I'll I'll, I'll see what it's like in person, right. the physical copies. But um, I do want. It's it's weird. I, I'm for a long time I was hesitant. Well, I don't know how I'd feel about this book if I was still living where I used to live because uh, it, a stiff wind and we lost power. So I mean, I I have. <laughs> I'm, I'm better now uh, physically yeah i do i still have ptsd but i mean i the, we we moved from putnam valley to new york to peak school in new york so 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 where we live it's a new complex lines are underground we're safe we're better but uh nice egg is the absolute worst and it, it's you know <laughs> knowing that there's somebody who is controlling things like this all the conspiracy theories in the old town it was you know they they were we felt like nobody cared about us and and it didn't uh it was just the infrastructure was just a mess so uh yeah well you know that it's interesting you you bring that up um because that's all part of it because coming from california we totally had the energy companies playing with the grid brownouts and yeah yeah and then you you throw into that the 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 forest fires and you know waking up on days when the sky is blood orange and you're just like what the hell is going on out there you know and these fires are like 500 miles away um 
and they're doing they're then they're doing like rolling blackouts just because they know the high winds are going to be going and then mm-hmm. they don't want branches falling on power lines um it's just you know and it, it, it so that that's all a part of it like so yeah i mean that you know you, you're feeling that in pennsylvania we're feeling it out west too yeah yeah or new york you said sorry i mean well this is in pennsylvania but yeah okay. he's not i don't think it gets hit as hard as i used to but uh it, it was just it it was more of a it was absolutely an annoyance i mean hurricane season comes around and and we're all everybody's you know making sure they have the gas for their generators but there, there are other things where you just as as a consumer you're just like why i understand there are certain areas and and certain restrictions where you can't bury lines underground and and food supplies and water sources and things like that but it seemed that they were never proactive everything was just they they would rather scramble after a storm hit and try to clear things and and fix things and meanwhile you have people who have been snowed in and haven't been able to warm food for three days it it was it it was like it was hard for me to believe that i actually lived in new york state in 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 the 21st century yeah yeah i get it nick you do know that you've just won david's heart like forever (laughs) the 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 fact that you you remembered that he's from new york i i I think if i held a a knife to chris somney's throat and said what's it going to be nick or chris he'd be like i don't know i don't know maybe nick (laughs) That's true. Uh, I could I could lose to Chris. He's <laughs> well. Nick's always uh, always got a place in my heart because we fellow Eagles fan, regardless of, uh, yeah. of the fact he's an artist. So it is. I mean, I I was I was a little surprised when when Jason approached the subject earlier. It, it could have. I I wasn't expecting the the hardcover collected treatment. I was I was wondering if we were going to hear more about. I wish you went back to drawing on paper with this book that was my uh, the, 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 the interview is still going on <laughs> it is um, you're right well no i so i have a question i mean we we talked uh, we talked about this uh f- you know f- five years ago wherever when you were on last so i am on record as you know I, I love art i love collecting art and uh and and selfishly like many art collectors you know it always hurts hurts my heart that that talented artists like yourself have gone digital but i totally get why and i think that you end up You've, you, many of you have, have have really mastered the tools that digital gives you that you can't do on paper. But that's kind of what I want to talk about. I, like rather than than lamenting that you work digitally because it is what it is. Um, I I am curious as someone who who did work traditionally for a long time um, and now has been digital for a long time. Um, what you know? How would you say the process of creating? ghost cage is different right like do you just because it's it's more ephemeral and 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 you can undo do you do you feel like you redraw or obsess over pages more than you would have when you just you know once the ink's on the paper it is what it is i'm just curious if if you can conceptualize like how much your process has changed versus obviously it's kind of what you just said but reversed like i'm more hesitant on paper Mm because i know it's permanent and then if i mess up it's like you're literally, you, you know, you, you have to start all over again. Whereas digital, you can be really loose. And then I, I'm not, you know, you meant, we meant, we talk about Chris Somney. Like, that's a dude, like, we could say Chris Somney, Daniel Warren Johnson. Um, like, there, there's these artists that are, their talent is, their natural talent is just above and beyond. Like, they're, they really are. They're, they're that good. Whereas I feel like I got to work at it a little more. 
and I'm a, I don't have that confidence. I mean, I've I've sat next to Danny Warren Johnson and drew with him at shows. You know, we'll get the same commission list, relatively same price, and Dan is just banging out these masterpieces where I'm like, uh, how do I make a good drawing? Like, I, you know what I'm saying? So, like, right. I. A digital allows me to, yeah, one undo, but also it just loosens me up. Like mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Like I just start moving the pen around. Um, it's like me in a sketchbook. And then when you, as you go to finishes, like I mean, I don't know if you notice this with Ghost Cage, but I was really trying to change my style in the first few pages of this book. Like it's much looser. I was using a pen size that was like. And the, and they're on paper actually. The first I think ten, twelve pages are on paper. Um, and I was just trying to be more loose and um, like not get caught up on finishing and stuff. But then by the end of it, I'm back to my old self and I'm like, you know, giving myself an ulcer with how tight I'm holding the pen and stuff. <laughs> Like it's just it's just a weird psychological thing, um, and it, I I face less of that when I'm drawing digitally, um, and but I mean Jason, like to your point, like I'm there's a lot of money I'm leaving on the table by not drawing it on paper, um, so I think like in the future that I probably would do a, a digital pencil, print it out, or just light box that and put it on paper. And then, like, fuck with it a little bit on paper to make it be a true original and stuff. And then yeah. scan that. Um, but, like, that, again, though, once the deadlines start hitting, like, that was, like, with Ghost Cage, I plan on doing it on paper. And then once the deadlines hit, I was just like, why am I doing this? Just go full digital. Get this. Like, I'll be so much quicker. Um, so... Yeah, and there's yeah. also the the uh, question of materials, and not not only buying the materials, but getting the materials. You got to wait mm-hmm. for them to either be shipped or yeah. I mean, I I get the the. the well, that's a great point. Just the consistency, right? With a brush, like you know, you could you get a, a brush and a hair goes astray, and then you're like, God, this brush ain't giving and, me what it was before. Right. Yeah, the and, ink gets thicker, and it just it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> or the dreaded, um, they just stop manufacturing the paper that you've used for the past. 15 years and it's like now what do i do yeah but i mean like to jason's point as collector i totally get it but the 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 truth of the matter is digital is the tool of the century for all artists Mm -hmm. sure eventually everyone's going to be drawing digitally or you know doing what i said a variation of it um it's just it's just so much quicker because if, if going back to like when i was at marvel on paper dude it was like i was basically doing this analog computer system of doing a little layout mm-hmm. on paper, blowing that up on a photocopier, putting that on top of a light box, penciling it, then inking it. You know, and that was like, I, it's like, man, what the, that was just so much work. Um, but like, you know, then there's guys, like I said, Chris and Dave, uh, um, Daniel, they're just, they're kind of going right to pencils and just so much confidence and so good. You know, so, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I'm one of those dudes or gals. Yeah, listen, like I said, I, 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 I am fine with, with however, whatever methodology it takes to create great, you know, great comics is fine by me. Um, 
you know, so and 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 I, and I say that because uh, I already have physical art from you, so I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> it's all about Jason. What's at the that? end of the day, Jason's world. Yeah, right. I mean, well, at the end of the day, it's about the comic, you know, and doing the best comic yeah. I can. Do. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I think I'm at my best digitally. Sure. So. Have you ever attempted a 24-hour comic? No, but I feel like I've done many. Just been trying to make uh, make deadlines. <laughs> right. <laughs> so uh, I have a question about, and you know, we'll be loose with the story with the story because obviously it's, mm-hmm. it hasn't hit the stands yet. But but um, you know, it's it's a at least in the first issue, it's a relatively small cast, right, of characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the one I found myself most intrigued by just because. Like she is Doyle, you know, who who like and 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 is is she essentially the voice of the everyman? Is that how we should perceive her, or is she going to play a, a bigger role in in the adventure? Um, uh, no, I think Doyle's kind of like the star of the book. Okay. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean Doyle to me, Doyle is just like Best Buy's Geek Squad. You know, yeah. she just is. She's going to come in and solve a whatever problem you have. Love the glasses, even with the, yeah, with the huge just, glasses. How how you got the expressions on her face? It's she's a fantastic character. Thanks. Yeah, and um, yeah, no, no. I just uh, I think I was inspired by. Gosh, I'm. Uh, I'm not even going to say it because I can't yeah. even remember it. <laughs> you guys should have called me. So <laughs> <laughs> like, next time I'm on the show, we got to do it in the afternoon, right after brunch. Oh, well, what's um, it's Kojima, the video game creator, his latest game. Uh, but the guy from Walking Dead was in it. Do you guys play video games at all? Yes. Yeah. Um, hold on, I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. Uh, he just did the game. The guy from The Walking Dead. Oh, um, uh, I know what you're Death talking about. Yeah, yeah, Death, Death Stranding. Death yeah. Stranding, yeah. yeah. And like he, they all, everyone's got this gear on and they're right. running yeah. around. And um, so I, I think, yeah, I think subconsciously I definitely took some design stuff from that. Uh, my, um, I won't be specific because, as we said, the issue has not come out yet. But you do something with water mm. in a, in a, uh, a two-page uh, sequence where you don't exactly draw the water. But I, as the the uh, experiencer, was totally convinced that yeah, the, nice. yeah, cool. these two pages uh, uh, occurred underwater. I think it, this is they were my two favorite pages from the entire, and that's saying a lot because I mean I, I think the opening salvo of the book, the first like five pages are outstanding, amazing pages. But there's yeah, something nice. about the reality that you managed to to eke out of these pages without actually drawing the thing it in question was just uh, i think yeah. it's a, it's a masterclass really less is more you know you exactly. wanna, i mean mm-hmm. actually you just you i'm kind of getting into the idea of like how can i put an idea in your head with doing minimal or keeping it very like expressionistic right. or even abstract so i i think like as a reader you're going to fill in more blanks and make that even more believable in your own head. For sure. You right. know what I'm saying? It's like Ridley yeah. Scott. Ridley Scott didn't show the alien, right, or the xenomorph until the end of the film, right, because it was much scarier not to show it. Um, as far as your storytelling uh, approach, I liken you to guys like Brandon Graham, 
um, hmm. where you have uh, this vast vocabulary, but you only chose to pick the most important uh, in terms of visual. Uh, you you pick the the most important words for each panel, and that's what I'm seeing on these two pages with the with the uh, the, the water sequence. Where oh, you say so you mean words and pictures? Yes, where I'm 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 uh, yes, uh, it, yeah, it's it's, no, it's hard. That's the beauty of uh, just doing like being the writer, because then I'm definitely like I'm drawing it and going. They say this here, you know, and I think right. like. In terms of like, Jonathan was always good at picking up on that. Like he he's a master at that and hitting a beat and stuff. And he made characters in East to West seem way harder than I ever drew them. And I was trying to draw them super hard, you know. And then his his dialogue was able to just like ratchet it up even more. Um, but I think like if it was full script that say Marvel or DC, you just don't have those opportunities really, mm-hmm. unless you have a writer that's going to go back into it and maybe pull that stuff out. Um, you know, cause when you're working full script, like I said, just, I haven't done it in a while, but it just always felt like I was trying to fit information in and then just meet the deadline and sculpting around the words. Like, what can I fit? What can look cool? Um, but like, don't we, I got huge admiration for those artists that are doing that because especially the ones that are doing it well, it's not easy. So w- when we look at the pillar and the, uh, the you know the, the floors that the, that that they have to transcend and battle different energy types, we've got coal, uh, water, hydro, gas, mm-hmm. wind, nuclear. I don't know if there's anything above that because maybe it is, maybe it isn't. You, know, you don't have to. There tell is, us. yeah. There's okay. one more. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, did, did you did how much thought did you put into the the ranking? I asked this as uh, you know my my shoot my day job is uh, <laughs> is as an investor, and I'm thinking like I immediately saw that that tower and thought huh, how would i rank the energy types if i was going to give them each power like well, I think like what it i went like coal we knew was just like the obsolete one yeah, like and then at least yeah it's old school coal. right yeah 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 and then um i don't know and then it just was the story actually um mm-hmm. and how it played out uh but not not too much it, it was just as we sculpted the story we were just like oh well this will be a cool energy to use here and then this one is here and what's interesting too is like they they maybe started off as very like obvious what they were going to look like and be and now like as we've gotten deeper into the book they definitely start getting more abstract sure you know so like gases i mean you find out in the shoot well i'll save it for a shoot too yeah. sure <laughs> so and you don't have to tell me but but a bit i did like like you can or cannot tell me. It's up to you. But but oil has to be number one, right? What no. at the top or no? He well, just oil, said it. Oil's what? coal, and um, oh no, okay. Well, yeah. Well, that's okay. the way. That's the way. There's not. Yeah, oil would be coal, and then or also gas and methane. Sure. Um, okay. So yeah. is is Sam energy Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna find out. Okay. It's kind. Of, I mean, I'm. I'm. I kind of. I wish I could tell you where this book goes because it's, I don't think anyone is, and people might hate it. But um, yeah, you're just gonna have to read it and find out. It's not a painful process, Nick. I mean, it was. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> really uh, but I knew going in. Like as soon as Cole showed up, I'm like, ah, he's a punk bitch. He's gonna be gone in a second. It's like, yeah. well, see ya. 
<laughs> it's like a series of boss battles. Oh, yeah, I, that first I, four has to, yeah, exactly. that first four has to be an easy out, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's intimidating visually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but you know, not so much. Yeah, I mean, any any villain that wakes up and then fights is going to lose, I think. Yeah, he's like <laughs> sleeping when we first see him. <laughs> so, um, are you uh, finished with these three issues, or are you, you no, still? No, no, we're uh, wrapping up. Well, we're on three. We're into three now. So nice. we're we're not. I kind of got myself into a little bit of a hole in that. You know, we're doing it on a monthly, but doing double size issues for every issue. Um, and then just I like I can't tell you how much how enjoying how how awesome it is to then craft it once it's done. Like even after Russ letters it to then go back and take words out or put words in mm. or look at pages and be like, man, if I move that panel before that panel, that moment is going to hit way harder and just get books done so far in advance and just have the whole, just look at it and really, really craft it. Um, you know, but now it's like deadlines are hitting and we're just like, let's move, let's move, let's move. And, uh, that kind of slowed us down on one and two. It's just that ability to edit and craft. Um, but no, we're, we're pretty much right on the, right on the deadline. We're, <laughs> we're get we're, we're going as quick as we can. <laughs> so, so now that you've gotten a taste of, of helming you know soup to nuts of a comic um like is that here to stay or or you know do you to be determined because it sounds like you had a pretty great experience working collaboratively with jonathan yeah. but i'm just wondering if no, when you talk about I what comes next you know are you gonna definitely not i mean i love i mean i get inspired by what jonathan's doing and what mm -hmm. some other writers are doing so absolutely not um no i i, I would go work with a writer in a heartbeat um, if you know, as long as the idea is there, and, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I still too. Like, I I would, if the right Marvel project came along, sure. You know. Um. So. That's nice to have the flexibility. I mean, you know, there, there are a lot of artists who would rather write their own stories and or tell themselves what they want to draw, but it's nice knowing that you know. Some yeah. artists are still open yeah. to the collaboration and, yeah. and having a back and forth. You can't believe in any of these. I mean, comics is so full of like false prophets, you know. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, like anyone that makes these hard and fast rules for themselves, they're sure, yeah, full of shit. <laughs> Especially in this world, like you know, just like give me a break. Um, I'd never say never. Or be like, this is the only way. I, I think that's what makes it fun is just experimenting and 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 also you know who the people are and. Um, you know, I think that's important. So, yeah, yeah I mean, sure. you're, you're, as you know, as you know well, I mean, comics history is is replete with with uh, with take backs, right? Like, you know, oh people God, that, that left publishers in in a, in a huff and then come back. I mean, no no better example probably than the Image Founders, right? Like, Heroes <laughs> Return. I mean, yeah, yeah. Heroes <laughs> Return, and then and then you know, Jim Lee obviously runs the like it, the whole thing. It's just there's never say never. It's always it's always embarrassing. It's I, like I think more of like some artists that are like I write now and I'll never work with a write with writers again. You know, yeah. guys like that or um, sure. Yeah. I think it's safe to say we'll never see John Byrne back at the big two. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. 
<laughs> well, he's doing it. He does his own like fan X Men comic, right? Or he something. does yeah, on the burn robotics form. He does the uh, <laughs> an X Men law. He pencils it. They're all penciled. They're lettered, and um, and and they're available. You know, you can you can go to the burn robotics form and download them, so you can ink them or put paste the, staple them together, so you have your own comic. But yeah, they're full blown. John Byrne written X Men books from That's the so um, weird from, from the from the pre fascinating. He That's like be, he must have been hella hella smart with his money because like he do, you know he doesn't do the con scene he doesn't do commissions I mean theoretically there's a list out there but like he does maybe one a year if that and it's like you know in, in today's market the way things have exploded in the last five to ten years. In particular, I mean, he could be making a very tidy living just with a modicum of of, of reengagement in the fan yeah, but community. Dude, think about it. He was he was around for a long time, and then yeah. he was around for the image boom, and they did like all yeah. the next men or whatever. Like he did yeah. those. Yep. Yep. He did a lot of creator owned, yeah. and those they were moving units. Back yeah, then, I was know? just going to say so, he was Elvis in a time when people actually yeah, bought books. All those guys were yeah. late. That guy was producing and For then sure. you know, marvel and dc were like come back and throwing him money or you know he did the superman reboot before all that stuff like he that yeah i'm sure he's you know yeah but it I, it's admirable that he, he seemingly has has was smart about it because you know plenty of people have made made buku bucks in that boom period and 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 still have to work for you know work for a living so um yeah yeah but doing x-men comics on the side that are not affiliated with that's like creepy Uncle Fred looking in the bathroom window. It's well, just it's weird because, right? like, fanfic is creepy, but oh, it's, it's super so weird that, like, well, the creator of something would that, do fanfic, right? right? Like, isn't it like almost like Kitty and Wolverine or something? It's like some oh, weird. No, stop. <laughs> I mean, it's either that you either go to the forum and read his X Men book, or you go to IDW and, and read his uh, Fumetti uh, Star Trek. Yeah, it gets paid for that. Yep. Yeah. He's the chip kid of he's the chip kid of sequentials. Yeah, gets paid for nothing. Oh my god! (laughs) And he makes up his own stories. And I mean, it's I I love the fact that you know he's fine and comfortable at IDW, and he'll do you know they'll let him do whatever he wants with with whatever properties. But it it's it's just it's it's. I mean, I I also I I think he's. Because of the day and age and 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 cancel culture to a degree, I think if he did kind of um, peek out of of his uh, of his hole, that there might be some people who there for a bunch of years now. There there were the stories about uh, how um, he's he's been a little curt and crass to people at at cons and uh, has said some things that in or out of context could be taken as, as, as racist. And, and I oh. think that if, if, if things like that came, if, if he tried to, if, if, if Marvel's like, Oh, he's coming back to, to tell, uh, you know, a Namor X-Men team up that there might be some people who were like, I mean, fans like us might be like, okay, that's uh, cool. It might be the old dogs would buy it. it. You know, they were right. Yeah. But then there, but, but, but you have the, the, the intrepid reporters who are going to try to find on Twitter, you know, everybody, everything that he said, and, and it's, it, it, it just might not end well, but yeah, it's, I it's still, I, it, I mean, he I, just seems like a guy stuck in an error, you know, that is, exactly. I, I yeah. agree with you there. I mean, he's, he's absolutely, and cause even on the forum, even on his forums, he's like, you know, you don't, you, you don't call, you don't know Superman. So you don't get to call him Cal. <laughs> you can't call him suits. And it's like, John, you don't know him either. 
Superman's cape. You don't. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Good. Let let's let's uh, point the focus back on <laughs> the on the star here. Uh, Jason, you must have other things you want to uh, talk to Nick about because you know you're driving the bus. I'm oh, I'm driving the bus. You yeah. gave me the keys for the for, for just the, for right for now. Movie? Yeah, I know. Come on, yeah. Yeah, well, guys, I don't want to be rude, but we got like a big, maybe five five minutes because yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, like, I, I'm in a room that's uh, between my two kids' rooms, oh, and nice. they are already in bed. So I'm like, I don't want to wake them up, and um, also, but, you know, yeah, I, I would put it. I mean, I would put the ball back in 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 Nick's court in the sense that uh, you know, as we wrap up, I mean, first of all, if it wasn't clear. From the chat so far, all three of us, you know, did really enjoy the first issue. Love so I think it. you have a winner on your hands. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait to to get issues two and three. And like you said, I mean, we we generally prefer. I think we all prefer to read books physically anyway. But you know, it is kind of a, I guess, a part and parcel for the quote unquote industry that we're in, right? As we we read the yeah. digis to to talk about stuff. But but that said, uh, I think it definitely is 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 awesome. Um, you know, and and it's but it is wrapping up. So. Um, I mean, one question and then the floor is yours. If there's anything we didn't cover about Ghost Cage, it, it comes out in, in two weeks, uh, first issue. And then, um, you know, like you said, it's it's already images already solicited uh, issue two for April 27th and issue three for May 25th. So uh, and then I think you said the trade will be in the next solicit. But uh, it's it, it's definitely a super fun book. Uh, if there's anything we didn't cover about Ghost Cage, you know, the floor is yours. And then if you have any thoughts or teasers about where we might see you next, because obviously by the summer, this will have been been out. So, uh, I think just, uh, you know, my, my typical spiel of like supporting image comics because the creators are kind of taking a chance on themselves doing a creator and book. Um, and I would, you know, push that forward to any, any of these companies that, uh, you know, are banking on the talent. Uh, so, you know, I hope people give it a shot. You know, there's, it's, uh, just in just doing this, it's like, it's a hellscape of books out there, you know? So it's hard to be like, Hey, give my stuff a shot when there's so much. And now there's in more you know, ways sub, than ever, right. To, to sub get books stacks. out. Yeah. And yeah. just yeah. different, like, you know, it's just people that have gotten doing sub stacks and then, printing books and the, you know and it's just kind of like god damn how do you how do you get that book how do you get some attention there's so much stuff so it's just you know i'm thankful for being on the show um thankful for image for having these opportunities to create and profiting like most of the profits goes to us we keep all yeah. of it we keep the ip um and it's just you know it's a it's it's awesome to have this company in this industry and uh for them to publish my work i feel blessed with that um but uh yeah i guess that's i think we've nice. about covered it and, nice um, well here here well, man it's hopefully it's going to be huge because then yep. todd will consider making action figures which, <laughs> which we very much need for all he these characters east to west so i mean ah, this is better than that, that? Nah, this is better this is better i wanted no one did it um, but yeah, here's a pull quote for you. Ghost Cage guaranteed the, to be the most visually arresting book on the month it's published. So there you go. <laughs> Let's take it. Yeah. How about on the week. 
<laughs> no, let's go with the whole month because it's that it's that good. Yeah, nice. It's right, you. Thank you. Yeah, it is you. gorgeous. Awesome. Well, Nick, thank thanks so much, man, and and you know, best of luck with this. Obviously, we will be uh, reading the subsequent issues and talking about them on the show. And uh, we do sincerely hope to see you in person uh, this year at some point. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Thanks, Jason, David, Vince. Hopefully we can. Yeah, we'll definitely see each other. I mean, I'm on the East Coast now, so we'll see each other in New York at some Excellent. point. Awesome. Nice. Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, and appreciate you guys having me on. For yeah. sure, man. Yeah, best of luck with it. And, uh, you know, we'll, we can't wait to, to see it, uh, its conclusion. Cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you, sir. All right, have a great night. Have a great night. You too. Bye. So good. Let's not, let's not wait another five years to have him back. I well, know, I, that, see, I was going to suggest that at the end to say, hey, why don't you come back when the third and final issue ships? And the we'll hardcover's talk, announced. <laughs> and, and we'll talk about the experience. Yeah. But, you know, I don't want to press my luck. I mean, he was yeah, gracious I mean, enough to be here with us. So East I mean, of West went lasted, what, seven years? Yeah. So this is going to be a, basically a one year of his life. So, you know, a diff- whole different thing. Yeah, I can totally understand not wanting to commit to another long-form project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was coming off you know, uh, east of west. That's a that's yeah. a huge commitment. Um, seven years. <sighs> that's a long time. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's a big it's chunk a, of time. It's a grown up child. It's half of the time we've been doing this crazy show. Yeah, I bet you he didn't have as much fun as we do, though. Facts. Yeah. Yeah, that was the definitive Nick Dragata interview. I think. Yeah, well, it was great. I agree with that because you did a good job. It wasn't a one-man show. <laughs> I think you did a great job. Thank you. In in keeping with you. the spirit of Nick Dragota, I have some manga. Do you want to oh, hear? Don't you? Oh, there you go. You want to hear about it? Of course. Well, it's it's very 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 violent. It's very dirty. Um, well, I'll just tell you what it is. It it's written by Makoto Fukami. With art by Sego Tokiya. It's published by Seven Seas, who seem to be nailing it these days. Um, they were a runner-up in my publisher of the year. Next 11 o'clockers, I don't know. It's uh, If they keep on track with what they've been producing, they're a serious contender. This uh, is the first volume of a series called Succubus and Hitman. I'm going to tell you about it. There's a young lady. Her name is Riri Gamu. And she's very concerned uh, with her older brother, Shuya. Or as Mia told me to pronounce it, Shoya. And that's how I will pronounce it. Shoya. Um, he's not acting like himself. The, the, the boy was always a huge fan of pro wrestling. He's bent like you two. Um... But lately, he can't even be bothered with the sport. Uh, uh, he's also eating food that he would never have touched in the past. But the the girl uh, grants him a little bit of leeway because the boy uh, recently came out of a coma. Yes, Shoya was in a coma. One day he just collapsed, and he and he, he lapsed into a coma for three weeks, and then bam. He comes out of the coma, but he's had am- he has amnesia. 
Well, it's only uh, an act because the reason why Shoya isn't acting like himself is because Shoya's dead. Unbeknownst to his sister, um, Shoya had, he made a deal with a succubus. The cost of the deal was his soul. And um, I won't be very specific because I think um, one of the the high points of reading this this book, one of the 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 glimmer of 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 humanity in this book, let's just say, is uh, I won't spoil it, but uh, he he gave his soul to stave off a future event, let's just say. So if if her brother Shoya is dead, what what's animating his body? Well. Shoya vacating his body in the deal with the succubus made room for another inhabitant. Um, another person who leveraged their soul to get something they want. The the new inhabitant of Shoya's body remains nameless for the entire uh, first volume. But uh, this guy has it really, really bad. He, he witnessed the destruction of his family firsthand. Um, at the hand, at the hands of four criminals, they raped and murdered his mother. It's very disturbing, um, and the creative team takes great relish in showing you the rape. Um, multiple instances of, I mean, it's it's yeah, it gets to you after a while. You're like, okay. Um, his younger sister was taken away and he was mutilated. The, these, these four ne'er-do-wells cut his legs off uh, to make him unable to move while he witnessed the horrible events. And um, the whole ordeal culminates in him taking a bullet to the brain. So he died. But uh, he makes a deal with a succubus and her name is Armelina. And she's a servant of Fury, the goddess of revenge. And she, see, here's the deal. Um, these, these demons can only interact with the physical world to a certain extent. They need human agents, uh, i.e. servants, to do their, their bidding for them. Uh, so what she does is uh, she hires, not hires them, but she contracts this dead soul to collect souls for her in exchange for which she would share a bit of her power and insight into who exactly killed this guy's family, right? He wants to know who killed his family. He wants revenge. She is working for the goddess of revenge, so it's like a match made in hell. But uh, the cool thing about this book is that there are RPG elements nestled within the narrative so here's the deal if if shoya connects enough collects enough show uh, souls for hell the succubus will grant him his choice of abilities from this this tree of ability thing so you know he gives her x amount of souls he can pick from uh, like say short range teleportation um cell regeneration which is really helpful if you're a, a hitman, the bullets start flying. You're going to want a way to, to, you know, not die. Um, and there's something in here called a mental bullet, which we haven't seen yet. But um, the the real important part 
as far as this nameless entity that's inhabiting Shoya's body is concerned, is that the more souls he con- collects, the um, Armelina will give him access to Hellnet, which is the Internet of Hell, I guess. And um, uh, he can glean information on the people or the, the four thugs that killed and kidnapped and, you know, destroyed basically his family but uh there's a lot of cool things in this book uh like i said it's extremely violent so this this thing this person that's inhabiting shoya's body is now uh her hitman so if somebody needs to be taken out she just sends him in to do it but the problem is riri shoya's younger sister thinks that this is her brother and it's not her brother anymore it's an animated corpse Right, so the things that he used to say to her and do with her, and uh, all of the the big the big beats in her memories of her older brother are gone because he's not acting that way anymore. So she's feeling some kind of way, you know. She well, she collects um, action figures, and on the playground one day, she was like harassed for collecting action figures and her older brother stood up for her and she remembered that and she she held it you know close well this animated corpse of her brother was in her bedroom and he's like this is a really strange you know thing for a girl to be doing is to be collecting action figures so she gets kind of broken up about it and that's when she knows something's off with her brother that and the wrestling thing but um it's cool there's a a hollowed out book called the fallen bible that contains his dual handguns and ammunition that's neat uh there's a bunch of subplots going through this whole thing they uh the succubus and uh shoya they save a young lady from being killed at the hands of the yakuza and she's a hacker and a cosplayer uh they save her so now she's in in service of them she she owes them one so whenever they need information on the yakuza they go to her and she does it for them um there's a hammer-based serial killer i don't know if you guys are up on the true crime i love true crime there was a a, a serial killer in britain his name was levi belfield and um he would kill young ladies with a hammer hit them in the back of the head at bus stops. Um, This serial killer in this book is kind of reminiscent of Levi. He's a scumbag. Um, But Shoya takes him out because he bashes Riri in the head with a hammer. So um, we're led to believe that the person inhabiting uh, Shoya's body isn't, uh, uh, you know, squeaky clean, but this gives him a little bit of humanity. That he sought out the killer of, or not the killer, but the 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 attacker, and he he you know blows him away. Uh, but the neat thing about it is, um, if you were partnered with a, a succubus, and Armelina is very attractive, she's got you know typical manga esque proportions. She's amply uh, she has ample breasts, and she's very, she's she's cute. She's hot, right? Um, she does her best to seduce him, but the the human inhabiting Shoya's body is doesn't care. He's not in the slightest uh, 
distracted from finding his family's uh, killers. Uh, she throws it at him, and he just doesn't catch it. Um, and at the end of the book, another succubus and human duo enter the picture. So as a first volume, like this gave me everything I needed to decide that, holy shit, where has this been all my life? Right? Um, a, a, a killer with restraint wanting revenge on those that maimed and, and destroyed his family. A succubus of all things. Like not only a succubus, but like a network of succubi. I'm in, right? It's, like I said, it's extremely violent. So if you're even the slightest bit squeamish on a number of fronts, maybe this book isn't for you. Um, it's a mature reader's title, obviously. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, my favorite thing about the issue is Armelina has shoes that have tips that point back towards her body. I think it's the cutest, coolest thing. I love her footwear. I, 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 Iron Sheik used to have boots like that. Yeah, it's neat. It's neat. And she, like, she has bat wings too. So when he goes into battle, she she hugs him from behind and he like literally flies into battle, guns blazing with a succubus on his back as his means of conveyance into this. It's. I thought the book was great. Uh, maybe you will too. So it's uh, Succubus and Hitman, Volume 1, published by Seven Seas. If, if you're... Um, liberal in your uh, reception to nudity, violence, rape, murder, all the nasty stuff, um, try this. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's, 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 it's dark. It's really dark. But there's a, cool, there's a cool high school edge to it because, like, the people that knew Shoya before... Uh, he died um like there's a girl on the wrestling team that has a crush on him but she's built like a brick shit house and she won't admit she has a crush on him so like there's the whole high school antic angle to it but it gets really dark right so i don't know it's uh it there's there's a lot of fan service in it too um i enjoyed it I, I'm not gonna, not gonna. That's great. I'm not gonna front. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay, but it's not for. Yeah, we're it's not for everyone. Yeah, I, I, page through. Page through it before you read it. Like the the whole thing that really got to me was the rape of the mother. And and the thing is, oh damn it! I left it upstairs. But at the at the end of the the story, the the artist Sego Tokia specifically says i hope you like this first volume we were a little restrained <laughs> next no seriously next volume we're gonna open it up and i'm like how could you possibly get more like the it's yeah it's they the car project no they they all right this will be the deciding factor in whether or not you're going to pick this volume up in his recollection of the things that happened to his family there is a man who rapes his mother. That's obviously, right? Um, at one point, the guy is doing what he's doing to his mother, and someone shoots her in the head while he's, do while he's doing it. So the guy's like, what did you do that for? But he doesn't stop doing what he was doing. So make that, 
your make that your barometer on whether or not you're going to buy this or you know i'm just saying but a lot of it happens off panel but the shooting in the head does not so Oh. It's extreme. It is, but not excessively so. Like it's not Ratsuki Doji. It's not. Uh, it's explicit, I guess. I mean, but a lot of it is implied rather than shown, so that makes it even worse, I think. But yeah, so mm-hmm. try it out if you're in a you know if you see it somewhere on the on the shelves and you're in, flip through it. Maybe you'll like it. I think the drawing's great. The the art is just the art's the thing that that drew me to it, um, and I think uh, Toki is really uh, adept at both carnage and um, uh, human anatomy. So get it. Okay. Yeah. I I, I don't feel wrong in, in in bringing something like this to the show because I enjoyed it. But again. It's, it's it's an acquired taste. So, I'll I'll since Hitman is in the title, and you're talking about killing. I um, lots of killing. Okay, so there was a there's a French comic that Arkea uh, translated and published here in the states um, back in like 2007 or so, and it was called The Killer. Yeah. And I remember, and I, I read the first few issues. I think it was a 10-issue. They collected into 10 issues. I think there's like two trades and maybe one larger collection of 700-some-odd pages. Anyway, um, I was surprised to see in previews a couple months ago The Killer, Affairs of the State, by the creative team, Matt and uh, Luke Jacomon. And... I realized that I never finished the original, well, the the translated the the, the Archaea book that they put out a bunch of years ago. So I, I that that's on my radar to finally get the rest of those issues and finish it, but uh, or at least get the collection. So, um, but I did read the first issue of this new miniseries, again published by Archaea, which is the these days is an imprint of uh, or part of Boom. Um, but uh, so I can't really say if we pick up where we left off, but I, I, I think the gist is the, based on what is explained in this first issue, um, our hero, uh, the killer, Dennis, uh, basically retired, but uh, I guess his services were required or maybe um, he uh, it was a situation of. Um, uh, he he basically he hid himself away um, in uh, Patagonia, and he's like off the grid, all to himself. Uh, but he was found, and uh, there the people who were looking for him weren't going to uh, basically if if he didn't come back, um, and and. Uh, so people could utilize the services. He wouldn't. Uh, he would not be. Um, he'd be left for dead. So so he decided to take the easy way out and uh, kind of went back to work. And we we see him uh, basically doing data entry at a uh, at the at a port in um, 
actually I'm not quite sure if we're in um, if we're in France or or Denmark or another European nation but um, he's undercover he's he's uh, he's infiltrating the um, the organization we're introduced to two other characters um, one woman who seems to be running the show she's uh, she's she's his handler along with another guy uh, who hasn't been in the business as long as Dennis uh, he's asking questions and, and Dennis isn't fed up with him or anything and it doesn't look like he's he's a loose end yet but um, they're they're working together uh, it, it's it was it, it was a little weird I was kind of hoping it would feel more um, like putting on that comfortable pair of jeans and and remembering what I was fond of or attracted to in the original series uh, but there's there's a lot more talking in this first issue um, there's a lot more of a setup as far as what their um, what their goal is who they're after there's a whole lot of um, there's a local politician who's keeping the streets clean uh, but by doing so, so the drug dealers get picked up, but then they're out on the street later on at night because uh, it just the wheels keep turning and, and it's just it's palms are greased and there isn't a lot of uh, no must no fuss. There's not not a lot of attention, not a lot of attention called to, to everything and, and nobody's really poking their noses into wondering why the drugs haven't been cleaned off the street and things like that uh so we're, we're we're definitely setting things up as far as what um what the crew is supposed to be doing um and and how it may um uh, play out i don't i i don't i'm familiar with dennis i really don't trust anybody else uh he may not either he's um he's he's being a lot more social than he was in the uh, in the earlier works, um, but still, it's it's a character and, and a concept that uh, that I enjoy, for lack of a better word. But it's um, what what is interesting is, uh, and I don't know, I I I don't know what what Yakumon has been doing between. Um, I know that when when the killer wrapped up, he and Matt's worked on something else for a while. But it, it the, the art is it's it it's very familiar. It looks exact. It doesn't look exactly like it. It it the lines are there. The uh, it 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 looks like the guy same guy who drew the older book. But the the art's a little different in in spots. A little. Um, I don't know if it's a digital thing. I don't know if maybe it, his style has changed. He's only 54 years old, so it's not like he's uh, so much older than when the series first started. But um, it's it just it doesn't. There was something about the original series when I was reading it that, uh, that I was really drawn to. No, no pun intended. I, I, I like the look of it, and here it's just a little, um, just a little, little. I'm not saying it's off. It's just little little different in spots especially with the um with the females but but Dennis seems to kind of calm down a little bit he's not uh not he's he's not as cold-blooded at least not yet uh because I remember when 
I read the first couple of issues way back when, um, you know, he had no qualms about leaving bodies and dropping bodies wherever. Uh, so it's, it's, there, there's definitely, because I guess people are, he's working with people who are setting things up and not pulling his strings, but just, he's not as, uh, as free range as he was before. Uh, so it's, it's, it's the same character. It's just a different setting. And that's, I, I have to get used to that. Um, but as far as the first issue goes, it, if, if you're familiar with the original, then, uh, then I think you'll be able to get up to speed and, and, and enjoy this. It's just, it was just a lot more talking and a lot more sitting around in an office punching information into a computer than uh than i was kind of expecting but it looks cool so i can't i i, I can't fault them on that yeah i love the og killer stuff like yeah. you said i mean it reminds me of back in the day uh remember the early cons we'd go to rk would always have those great sales on sunday uh-huh. for all the hardcovers and i'd gobble up as many of them as i could and they would last me for another year or so until we'd go back. I think it was most often New York that they would do it, but yeah. And it, it, it the um the property the the, the uh, Netflix has the rights to it. Uh, right, Fincher's right, attached right. to it. Fastbender and until the sweat and I think it's in production. I don't know um, what the current status is on it. If the pandemic put anything um, on hold or slowed anything down, but um, I mean I'm I'm looking for although I want to say I'm looking forward to it, but I know that. Um, when the polar was adapted, it, it kind of missed the mark as far as oh, yeah. uh, what people were expecting from the source. For sure. It did, so. yeah. But I have faith in venture, but, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's something that might just read better when it's all said and done. It, and, and, and the original, again, this is, this was originally published in France, but in, in 2020, whereas the original killer, I think was out in like 98 and it took yeah. almost a decade for Arkea reprinted it but um mm-hmm. but yeah so i i i dug it I'm, I, it was it was weird for me to see it back in previews because like i said i didn't finish it so i wasn't sure what his fate was and and to see see a new book i was like well i definitely gotta check it out nice so vince you put a call out last episode to the peoples i did and here it is request. and here it is <laughs> Hey guys, this is Pete from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Disregard my previous message. I got distracted by my baby. Um, yeah, so I just was uh, reading a bit of Conan, published by Dark Horse, but in these new like Marvel epics. And it got me thinking uh, about how I used to think Conan was so fucking dumb, and I would never want to read it. And then as soon as I started reading any Conan, I got into it so hard. Uh, is there anything like that for you guys, where you thought, this looks like trash, or this looks so stupid, and then you found yourself smitten? Uh, I love I love that kind of stuff where where you have one preconception and then it totally transforms. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to throw a voicemail out there for you guys. I know Vince is looking for some. Uh, thank you for doing the show. Uh, I love it, love it, love it. I started listening in like March 2020 when the pandemic was really just kicking off, and it's been a real pleasure and delight. Love you guys and and love the show. And yeah, looking forward to hearing some voicemails from the crew. Thanks, guys. See ya. I love the voicemails. 
and this is a good one. So what do you think? How do you answer this question? What was, I mean, it's very, this is a very easy question for me to answer. Um, do you want to know what, what my answer is to this? I mean, Pete asked the question. He wants us all to, yeah. Right. Uh, easily scalped. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, initially, I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to be grooving on this. It's it's odd. It's 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 uncomfortable. It's strange. It doesn't fit in any boxes. Uh, but once you start, once I start reading it, uh, scalped is great. Um, but again, I think it's an anomaly in the 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 of um, Jason Aaron. It it still doesn't resemble anything um, like he's written since. So, I mean, I mean I, the goddamned is pretty. Yeah, yeah, that's that's biblical. This is just this is just like prairie noir. <laughs> it's just really weird, um, or or reservation noir. It, I, I don't know. I, I like it, but I, it doesn't it doesn't tick any boxes for me. Like I can't. It's hard to describe what scalped is, which I think is an asset rather than a detriment. Um, maybe it's its own thing. Maybe it's its own new new storytelling medium. I don't know. But uh, scalped would be my answer. Yeah. Um, mine. I mean, two come to mind. One is not is interestingly a somewhat of a derivative play off of Pete's own thoughts about Conan, um, and that's Cerebus. I for a long time and I was just sort of Marvel zombie kid. I just, it seemed silly to me. I'm like, I don't get it. Like what's the, what's the love affair with this dude drawing a, you know, an aardvark. It doesn't like as Conan, like, you know, I just didn't, it just seemed dumb to me. Like I just, without any, it doesn't last long though. No, I'm just saying like purely on the, on the, like just the premise. I'm like, I would see it on the, in the store and be like, ah, I have no interest in reading this. And, and then at some point I came around and read the, you know, the phone started reading the phone books, and and obviously, at least for a a good chunk of years, it's it's amazing, it's excellent, and uh, yeah, you know. it's amazing for a lot of years. And, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, and, right. and, and then, um, and then, then the, the 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 top answer really is something that uh, I am finally about to share with the patrons in more detail, which is Sandman. I, it wasn't that I thought it was silly. I just I I thought it was something I wouldn't be into. I I thought that. Uh, it just seemed like the poster child for emo yeah. comics. And True. I just thought, well, I'm not an emo guy. I'm not an emo kid. I don't like emo music. I just think this is probably something that's really well done that's for some other group of readers. And, uh, you know, as you know, I mean, I've, here I am, Foe to Seven. And uh, I just am now reading it. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, 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 I, I was wrong. It's, it's incredible. So, um, yeah, took me long enough. It is, and it's odd that you should mention it in tandem with Cerebus, because they both follow the same path, I think. Right, I know you've said that before. You think neither of them stuck the landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I never read the ending of Cerebus, in part because of your admonition of how it ended. So. One, I, I will give that, I will concede that one is a, a personal preference on my part. I really dislike Shakespeare. Um I love Shakespeare. Right? Yeah, well, then you'll like the the ending of of Cerebus, or of uh, of, of <laughs> Sandman. But yeah. Cerebus is a breach of contract on Dave. On, <laughs> uh, no, it's a total breach of contract right. on Dave Sims' part. He just totally took it 
um, down this path of of uh, what he considered religious enlightenment. And it's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This is not what we signed on for. Right, right. And I, I get that the muse takes you down, uh, you know, sometimes strange, dark alleys. I get it. But this was not any of that. It was just a total... Uh, um, uh, th- he was trying to fulfill a personal um, mm-hmm. uh, something at the expense of his readers. Right. Yeah. How about you, Dad? Uh, I, Sandman might be on my list when I finally get around to reading it. Um, <laughs> well, you're ready, so you can't do it. So damn weird. Uh, it, it's... Um, yeah, I, I don't – it was weird. It took me a second to think about, you know, is there really anything that I would consider? And and then two kind of came to mind. One is an oldie but goodie because it wasn't really – of all the big two stuff I was I was digging, it, it was weird for me to finally dip my toe into Swamp Thing. And obviously I was – much younger than when when Moore takes over the book and and starts writing his tale, so it took me a long time to finally get around to reading it, and I never really, I didn't think it was. I think part of it was I didn't. Um, the subject matter, well, the main character isn't necessarily someone that I'm like, jamming at the bit to run out and and read his stories. I I. We're done here. Movie, We're done. I know. I know. We're it's finished. The end of the era. <laughs> uh, it, it's all over. It, it's but uh, the obviously movie. the that that's the best. And if it's a competitive movie, then I don't want to read it. The <laughs> uh, if so, obviously I've seen the errors of my ways. I'm older now, and 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 I appreciate what it is. I can see clearly. Um, exactly. But one thing that um, I am happy I went back to after my first blush with um and saw all the way through to the end and it definitely took me on a ride because i just the walking dead i i didn't think i would oh yeah that's a good one i would, yeah. I would get back to it uh, after reading the first trade maybe the first two trades and i i i figured you know like everybody else, it's a zombie book. It's it's not a zombie book. It's about the people dealing with it, but it's it's it just you know how how long could this go on? And and it's just and when I just put all that aside and just read it for the story and and saw everywhere that uh, Kirkman was taking these characters um, and seeing everything they went through and how they grow and and it um, yeah you know, it it wasn't flawless, but it definitely um, it what I thought was one thing was obviously something else. And, um, I am glad I saw through to the end and, um, I just, I, I'm glad I didn't just take my initial reaction to it and think that that's what it is. And there's no reason for me to ever, no one's going to be able to convince me that it's not what I considered those first 10 or so issues. And, uh, it, it's that, that really is, I think the, only thing I could probably put on the list that 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 if I no, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. So yeah, that is a very good one. 
I like to give Kirkman a lot of shit. Yep. Yeah, but just because he's Kirkman. But Walking yep. um, Dead is really great. It is. It it, it is very um, Invincible. Not so much because you know that's where I think he started the whole. I'm gonna just beat the fuck out of my beloved characters just to right. get a rise out of you. But yeah, um, I, I mean that kind of treatment is pretty much inevitable. In the Walking Dead universe, people die all the time. So mm -hmm. it's more likely for the darkness to fall. But in Invincible, I don't know. Like, just, the, well, I don't have to get into it. But the, the stuff that happened to Eve is like, come on, really? Make us feel something another way. But whatever. All right, Jason, uh, you didn't have a little spotlight. A little spotlight, yeah. Um mm -hmm. I got something that I think I don't think you've read yet because you've mentioned it, but I, I think you'll enjoy it because you you have uh, you're familiar with the source material, uh, and that is Falcon Spear, uh, which is the latest. Well, it's a it's a Mignola book written by Mike, but drawn oh, by right. Warwick Warwick Johnson Cadwell, and I mentioned that you're familiar with it because it's it's um it is uh, basically the third volume of the Mignola Johnson Cadwell ongoing. Victorian era series of stories that um, circumnavigate around three characters: Professor Meinhardt, right. Mr. Knox, and Miss Van Sloan, who are a team of of monster hunters, basically. And uh, the first two volumes were Mr. Higgins Comes Home and Our Encounters with Evil, which we talked about on the show back when they came out. Yeah. And this is yeah, volume three. Um, it's terrific. You know, I, I I've said this many times. I I don't. It's it's rare if ever that I've read a Mignola comic that I didn't really enjoy, but it is one of those things where maybe in 2023, 2024, I just need to make the commitment to sit down and read a good chunk of Hellboy proper. I I own all of Hellboy. I just don't. I'm so far behind. I always feel overwhelmed and just think like, well, I have to start at the beginning, and then it's like I got 20 years to read, but. As a result of that, I am always a huge mark for the stuff Mignola does that is not part of the Hellboy BPRD continuity uh, proper. And these books are an example of that. They've been doing, I think, one basically every 18 months, it seems like. Um, and uh, it's just terrific, man. It's it's get in, get out. It's that European style. It's a relatively small novella. And I love Johnson Cadwell's art style. It's 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 very free, uh, you know, very angular, confident lines. It's 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 loose. It's it's he's not precise. You know, he's evocative, not not uh, not illustrative. And I uh, it works for me. I he, he's part of the Inky Knuckles crew. Uh, I own a great Moby Dick piece from him, but I really do like his cartooning style and. This story, titular Falcon Spear, is reference to a character named John Falcon Spear, who is a former colleague of theirs, who they've lost touch with for some time. He, they reconnect with him, and uh, he, he too is a occult investigator hunter. And um, the interesting thing here is the ne'er do well. Most of them, they think it's a it's a vampire because the person is exsanguinating uh, victims and mistreating the bodies but it ends up just being a sadistic human 
And in in a way, in this world, that's way more unforgivable than a demon doing something. And uh, Falcon Spear is the, I guess, protagonist slash antagonist, depending on how you look at it. I'll be vague there, but but no, it was it was great. You know, I'm I'm here for all of these, like these in the Baltimore books. I mean, anytime one comes out, I I grab it and read it immediately, and and I'm always super satisfied. I feel like that sates the Mignola itch that I get uh, in, until I'm ready to fully commit to the to the broader Hellboy universe. It's a big bite. It really is. Especially when you get to like Hell on Earth. That lasted a long time. Yeah, and you know, there was a time years ago, early in the show, I, I read a humongous chunk of BPRD from start. I, I, I ordered a bunch of the BPRD trades from I think cheap graphic novels. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe T-Fall, but I think it was cheap graphic novels, and just read, I don't know, nine or ten of the BPRD trades in a row, and but even that's probably, what, ten, twelve trades behind now? I mean, yeah. just on the BPRD stuff, so, uh, and then I own all of the Hellboy Library editions, which are beautiful collections, and I've read Nary one. Nary. Good Nary. word. Good word. There you go. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for listening to this. We'll be uh, back next week. But in the meantime, if you want more, go to Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff, Pod Chaser, Apple, iTunes, all that stuff, uh, Spotify. Please take a look at our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. List of specials will be up very soon and you'll be all aflutter with what you're going to buy there just take a look around dcbservice.com in your travels my people i'm not going to go deep for my in your travels because uh as dap knows i am not one to ever use the word guilty pleasure mm-hmm. pleasure should not be guilty correct if you enjoy it embrace it and I embrace, with both Sicilian arms, the work of Steve Orlando, who wrote it, uh, Augustin Padilla, who drew it, IDW published it, and it is this little miniseries called Transformers King Grimlock. What's it about? Well, it's a really cool pairing between one of my favorite Transformers, which is Grimlock, and this fantasy realm. Um, the denizens of this realm need help. They need help to overthrow this vile despot. So they magic um, in hopes of getting Optimus Prime to come to their realm. But they don't get Optimus Prime. They get Grimlock. <laughs> and uh, the, the story then plays out. So you have Grimlock, who has something to prove, especially in comparison to Optimus Prime. It's a little, I don't know, four or five-issue miniseries. I thought it was a hell of a lot of fun. There's zero heavy lifting. Uh, two of my favorite things all smacked together, Transformers and Fantasy. I thought it was great. Uh, creative team did a wonderful job. But again, it's, it's, it's that comfort stuff that reaches back into the 80s and and pats, you know, the the 15-year-old me on the head and says, this is just going to make you feel so much better. 
Daps redecorating. So there you go. <laughs> Jesus. Transformers. King Grimlock. IDW. Good stuff. Read it. Reaching for my new travels. <laughs> Hi. What, what it is. What it is. Um, well, I'm not going to talk about uh, Chicken Devil, which I just finished. Um, and I'm not going to talk about The Heathens because I thought I thought it was a four-issue miniseries. It isn't. So, um, and I only read up the form before. But I did, um, I was catching up on a couple of things, one of which was um, Superman, Son of Kal-El, because I wanted to make sure that I was current for when um, I get to read the Nightwing issue. And um, nothing new here. It's it's um, although the uh, the art in uh, issue seven and eight, um, John Tim's taking a breather, and we have um, art by um, I'm going to butcher this first name C I A N Tormi, and I don't that's that's I I I wasn't sure if that was one of Declan's people. Um, I don't think it is, but uh, Tormi's art is very, uh, he pencils it, Raul Fernandez inks it, and the um, it's it's complementary to Tim's work. It's it's not as stylized, but it's um, it it works. In, in issue seven and eight, Bendix is still um, has it has it out has it out for John Kent. He's teaming up with Luthor, who um, there's a, a Leviathan emerges from from the sea, and uh, an Aqualad Jackson is there to try to calm it down. Um, isn't doing a great job. So as it's lumbering towards Metropolis, uh, Superman is trying to. John is trying to also save the day. Uh, Bendix's Gamora Core show up. And uh, think that they're going to save the day. It's it's it seems to all be an elaborate setup so that uh, makes Superman look foolish. Um, as Bendix and Lex work together to to do this, um, but it, it it's very very good. Two issues. Uh, Superman is is uh, John is going to kind of work with his boyfriend Jay at at. Um, at the truth and try to um, bring to light a lot of the evil and bad in the world. Um, but it was a, uh, it, it was definitely a Superman story where he's trying to um, save the day. And uh, one of the members of the Gamora Corps is, is um, one member was sacrificed. They, they sent like four of them out there. Bendix sent four of them to, to Metropolis and, um, the Leviathan slaps one away and basically just swats it like a bug on a windshield. So he's gone. Um, there's, uh, there's one death that, uh, that John couldn't, couldn't prevent. Cause obviously, and, and, and as the story is continuing, it's reminding it, it's, it's written so that, uh, someone's telling a story that, you know, as much as he tries, Superman can't save everyone. And, um, 
and it's it's something that I think John still has to John's learning to live with and and understand but um but yeah i mean taylor's doing his thing it it's a uh it, it looks great um i am still enjoying what uh watching this character grow and uh and i am really I'm, I'm really just looking forward to uh to reading get my hands on this nightwing issue so i can um see john and uh and dick hanging out together but yeah in your travels nothing new here uh superman son of Kello. You're, you love this book, dude. I really do. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy how much he loves it. It's really, you really do love this fucking book. Um, yeah, nice. Uh, I'm going to go with a little uh, twofer on your inner travels of the Marvel variety. Uh, two books I uh, I read this week that I thought were quite entertaining, uh, but more like quick hitters. Uh, She-Hulk number two uh, by the Triple R. You got the Rainbow Roel, Roger Antonio, and Rico Renzi. Uh, picked right up where the first issue cliffhanger was. I think Antonio's art is just fantastic. It, he's he's definitely perfect for this book. Um, it's the, like it's got a little Kevin McGuire to it. It's it's got great great uh, emotion and the characters. Jack of uh, Jack of Hearts is back. I've seen blowing up in the Avengers and. Uh, yeah, it's just it's building up a nice cast of characters, and uh, like I said with the first issue, I'm not that familiar with Rainbow Roll as a writer, and so far so good uh, on on that. And then uh, in keeping with the Marvel love, another book that starts with the letter S, and uh, that is Strange Number One. Uh, oh, I picked it up today. Yeah, I mean, written by Jed McKay, who was my. We did a question and answer a few months ago weeks ago months ago i think um where someone asked who i thought was a non-household name who would be a household name soon and jed mckay was my choice so excited to see uh his take on this book uh it's it's penciled by marcella ferrera with a uh, whole host of supporting cast there's two anchors don ho hilarious don ho and roberto pogi uh two colorists uh, so yeah, it, it, and there's about 87 colors, uh, covers, including like Mahmoud does one, Scotty does one, but, um, this takes place immediately after the events of death of Dr. Strange. That was we, going to be my new travels. I'm sorry, but it, it, because I want to go into the tie-ins and everything, I pivot and ended up talking about something I've always talked about, but continue. Yeah, no, I, I, I read the first issue of the mini series. I haven't read the rest yet. Uh, this summarizes in the intro what happens, at least in terms of, of why we have a new new Sorcerer Supreme. Um, and I don't think I'm spoiling anything because it was in the solicits and she's on the cover. So I'm, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and take some liberties here and say <laughs> the new the new Sorcerer Supreme is also Dr. Str- uh, or also strange. It is Clea, yeah. who is uh, Stephen Strange's wife. And uh, and she, uh, I guess, apparently in, in, in the death of Dr. Strange was uh was bestowed uh, the cloak of levitation and uh, the eye of Agamotto and, uh, and the title of sorcerer Supreme of earth. Um, and we pick up right there her, she's living in the, she's living in the, the brownstone. She's chilling with Wong and um, she has a, a confrontation with, uh, with Dr. Doom. She uh, has some other shenanigans and she's basically trying to make it known that she's not only, the new 
Source Supreme, but her way of doing things is uh, just a bit different than the way Steven handles things, uh, in part because of, uh, you know, she's not of Earth. And where she's from, she, you know, they, they kick ass and take names. They don't, they don't, they don't suffer fools. So I thought it was really good. I, I, um, and I will say a good compliment for it is that I, I, like I said, I have not, I did not read the majority of Death of Doctor Strange coming into this, and it didn't in any way deplete my enjoyment of this. You know, you can just go in cold and say, okay, I get it. Clea is the new Sorcerer Supreme. I get it. Uh, and uh, and I think they give you enough in this first issue to at least clue you in as to why she is and what happened in that miniseries. So, yeah, it's a little more of a love tonight. Nice. There you go. Okay, people. Hey, hope you enjoyed this. Get yourselves out there and either... Talk to your local comic shop guy and get your hands on um, Nick's ghost cage, please. Or, you know, just haunt the shop until they get it and buy it because you need it. Uh, Check for us on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, all that stuff that I said before. We will be back. Oh, my dogs are going nuts. We'll be back (laughs) next time because we love you so much. We can't do this without you. In the meantime, say goodnight. Why you didn't like that? No, it's all good. Oh. <laughs> David. <sighs> good night. <laughs> it's a nice glass, isn't it? It has it reson- is. Yeah. It has some kind of resonance to it. You're way past the time. No, I'm not. Yes, you David. are. I don't know. Yeah, all right, dude. You were the one banging away on the drums. What's it called? Strange number one? Strange number Strange, one. yep. Uh-huh. I'll, um... Yeah, I started, I, I started my notes on the whole, um... Death of event, so I'll, I'll probably talk about it next week. Without trying to give too much away, Jason. No, I mean, if I, I, I don't know that I'm going to read it, just because, I mean... Like, I'm... Like, I'm beyond it now. I know what happened, and... Right. So it's Yeah, I was, I was impressed away. with some of the, um... Some of the tie-ins were just basically, oh, okay, the strange is dead, so the barrier between Earth and the other realms are open, and and strange is barely mentioned, and therefore, you know, it some demon shows up. like like the Elsa Bloodstone issue was kind of like, okay, I get it. It was kind of just to kind of, it's almost like it was a pilot for her mm-hmm. to maybe get a new book, but um, it really didn't necessarily play into the main book the spider-man issue with black hat did but um and that makes sense because mckay's writing black hat but um yeah unfortunately it was the it's the ben riley spidey but whatever yeah there you go come back people next time please we need you tell them you love them love you tons it's true a lot all the love That's it for that one.